0: Crossface. The Daily Talk Show: A conversation sometimes worth recording
1: with Josh Jensen and Tommy Jacket. It's the Daily Talk Show. We're in a soft in Sofitel, the Sofitel. It's very fancy. We got the Sam, Sofitel Hotel. We got Sam Mack.
2: Yeah. Hello, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. Um want to point out it's not a regular thing that I tell them that I just bring two dudes into my hotel room, <laughs> like to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, this is this is um, unusual for me. but um, It'd be happening ex- more
0: than you think around the world now. Just dudes in a room, in a hotel Chatting. room.
1: Yeah, doing the podcast. Well, we were literally... Well, the. I've-
2: I, th- I think they happen more in cafes because they can't afford to be in a hotel room. A lot <laughs> of people who like dedicate themselves to podcasts. I mean, you guys are the exception. Yeah. So Congratulations. We, you
0: live in Sydney. Yeah. And so are you down for work? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, so in
2: in Melbourne for a couple of days for work. So a big part of my job with um, Channel 7, with Sunrise, is travel. So, for example, last year I did about 180 flights, Jeez. work-related flights. I mean, um, so Or, or one airline. Yeah. Um, mainly Qantas, uh-huh. but occasionally if we need to go to specific destinations or certain times, Jetstar or Virgin. Um, I never used to think I was an airline snob until I started this job. What well, is?
1: What's your take on it? What do you like? Um, my
2: take on it, and the nicest way to put it, is you get what you pay for. Mm. Um, so if you want to save seventy dollars, but potentially not make it to your destination, <laughs> sure, go with that certain airline that everyone knows—the one I'm referring to. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, if you want to be treated well and like a human being and with good service and empathy, then choose the one that Carrie once mispronounced
0: on the project. <laughs> I mean, what Josh is <laughs> ticking over in his head is the how many points have you racked up? Yeah, <laughs> I can tell that's what. How many flights?
1: Yeah, like what? What do you? Uh, what do you use your points for?
2: Well, that's the thing. I've got so many points, but when you get holidays in my role, I don't want to fly anywhere. I actually don't want to be at an airport and I don't yeah. want to go on a long drive. And, you know, my friends are like, let's do a three-day getaway. I'm like, I do them all the time for work, you know? <laughs> so I actually just want to sit at home, watch Netflix a lot of the time or play guitar.
1: Um, <laughs> You're the guy who uses his points to get Woolworth's vouchers. Yeah, it's just <laughs> so infuriating. <laughs> do we shopping? Um, so, you know, uh, to me, it's like, oh, I'd love to be
0: doing 130 flights a year. It sounds glamorous, but what are you doing half the time that you're away? Um,
2: Travel takes so much longer than people think it does. Like travel, you know, you might say, uh, uh, Sydney to Melbourne, great. It's it's a one-hour flight. It is a one-hour flight, but... You're going to look at, say, 45 minutes to an hour to get to the airport. You've got to be there, obviously, time before your flight, so there's another hour. Then say the flight's delayed half an hour, it happens a lot, then chuck that in the other hour for the flight, then you've got to get to the cab at Melbourne Airport. You're looking at six hours. Mm. Honestly, five or six hours for a one-hour flight. So that time adds up and that's a big part of the job is just – Keeping yourself occupied, reading, writing, listening to podcasts, and, and then, bringing dudes back to your hotel room, <laughs> yeah, um, right whatever, it, whatever it takes.
0: Uh, you um, are getting up very early. I mean, for people that don't know what your job is, what, what's your job? Um,
2: <laughs> TV weatherman slash freestyle rapper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rapping's taking off more than the TV <laughs> presenting.
1: The funny <laughs> thing is like it's the the amount of weather versus other content is pretty interesting right like it's like i think you're a great example of the fact that it is like it's so much more than than weather you do it like it's, it's the rap he well, said it's, it's, it's the. It's the well, just to give that
2: context yeah, yeah. last year i released uh re-released the song strawberry kisses by nicki webster um as strawberry kisses 2017 basically involved us putting a bit more of a beat into the song yeah. and me doing a 12-second rap sequence <laughs> in the middle of it and it made it to number eight on the iTunes chart. That's so probably good. one of my greatest accomplishments.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> <Dicky-webs> <laughs> Webster. And so what, what are the constraints? What are you working with in regards to, like what, what are you told by producers in regards to what you can do?
2: So you're right, it is weather and obviously there's content around that. If it was just them throwing to me every half an hour to, to read the weather, that would serve a purpose but it would be pretty boring. Mm. So... A big part of my role and what I like about my role is, well, obviously we're traveling, but so much of it is studio-based and a lot of studio-based content is pretty serious. You know, it might be a big news story that could be, you know, terror attacks these days. There's a lot of that Mm. kind of stuff. So that's going to take up a big chunk of the show. But then when they... Across to us, we're out and about, you know. And I, one of the things I love about our role is it's it's quite raw. Like we mm. are actually in someone's house, in their backyard. We are actually at their local sporting club. We're at their schools. We're, mm. I like that because it's not that's that those places aren't built for TV. They're not sets. So that's where you find real people and real stories and real characters and and the fun. And and I'm a big fan of um, giving people an opportunity. Um, A lot of TV, I think, too much TV these days is so um, pre-planned and down to the nth degree and yeah, and it's like you say this, I'll say that, whereas a big part of what I love to do is literally just put a microphone next to that little kid's mouth and see what happens. And if he freezes (laughs) or if he says something wrong, you just add to it, and you run with it, and you kind of
0: tidy it up.
1: Or if but he falls off a hoverboard like, <laughs> or if like he's Charlie, off a hoverboard <laughs> allegedly. Josh showed me that um,
0: video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to explain what happened there.
2: I love the idea of people like who don't know who I am listening to this and just thinking that I'm a rapper who pushes people off hoverboards. Yeah. It's actually not far off. It's pretty. Um, so what happened with that one was we were in Adelaide. I didn't have the job at this point. I was just filling in. We were in Adelaide. For a Boxing Day show. And it was the year, so it was two or three years ago. You know, when hoverboards were massive, yeah. Sort of six months. And this kid got a hoverboard for Christmas. So he got it on Christmas Day and then was still learning to use it the next day. And then we were in the Rundle Mall in Adelaide, and I said to him before the cross and his dad, I said, Hey, could we do a thing where we interview guys about Christmas? And then maybe at the end of the cross, if it's okay, I get the hoverboard and I ride off you Know on the yep. hoverboard, I mean, that's weatherman yeah. 101. Yeah, you it's know? perfect. So they were like, Absolutely, sounds great. So then we do the chat Unlike on the, the air. anxious
1: br- breath between <laughs> the words. It's all so coming fun. back to me,
2: and I'm thinking this actually could be replayed in a court of law. So I'm also <laughs> choosing my words very yep. carefully. I'm a great guy. Um, so we do the chat on the air. We chat about Christmas Day. Um, Charlie shows us a little bit of a, a ride of his hoverboard. And then, you know, as as we sort of pre-planned, I go, okay, well, let me go. I've never really had a shot on one of these. Can I have a go? Now, the thing about hoverboards, they're hard to get off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize because if you take one leg up, the weight is transferred and then the motor sort of pushes it almost in a circular motion back oh, yeah. towards you. So that, so, that But the problem was... As I put my hand on his back And said Alright mate I'll have a go now The split second I make contact with his back He lifts his leg up So it just looks like I've pushed a kid up On board and run the mall And even I look back at it And I know that I didn't But I'm like Oh maybe I did
0: But <laughs> I watched it and, I, and Josh said Oh it looks like He's pushing it off the kid is thinking he's in a bit. He's confident as all hell on this thing until he did the amateur move of lifting one leg. But what was um, he done that? But yeah. but how, how do you get off then? What's I think you're th- supposed to
2: have a, a balance. Like you're supposed to be like up against a wall. Okay. Or... you
0: can you can jump off, or you can, you can do it. It just depends if you're oh. leaning weight into it because it works by. Leaning forward makes it go forward, yeah. so you got one foot that's leaning forward. I'd break just, my neck on one of those. You
1: would have like he said,
0: like
2: because I guess I you was didn't, I was mortified. Like
0: yeah. you I, you shut yourself.
2: I honestly thought that I'd badly injured a child, yeah. but not only that, I'd done it on live TV, and mm. clearly I was responsible for it. So. If you watch the clip back, I ask him about four or five times, are you okay? Yeah. Hey, mate, are you okay? In my yeah, mind, yeah. please don't sue us. Yeah. Like, you're okay, you're okay. Thankfully, he was okay. And his dad thought it was the funniest thing ever.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the type of dad to buy that sort of gift, you've got to be willing to, for your kid well, to yeah, have a cracked skull. Absolutely. What was the uh, internal discussions after? Was there any conversation, like, with the producers or anything? Never like- heard
2: a word from anyone. <laughs> no. And I always presume that's a good thing. And no. I
1: know you're savvy with social media. Did you at
0: least go, mate, can you send us the clip? Yeah. Please. please I didn't need that up. To
2: because my friends had that up. I'm pretty sure before the segment had finished, they already had it online. My favourite was one of my mates actually put the clip up, uh, but then the moment that I make contact with Charlie, the Curb Your Enthusiasm music comes on. Boom, 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 and I'm like, I'm really sorry. You okay? That's so oh, funny.
1: Wow. Yeah, the um, context for people, and it's even context. This is the first time. Uh, we're meeting in person. It's crazy, but, isn't but it? Our, but our connection goes back as far as like 2004 or 2005. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, like I, I did an Instagram post a while ago mm-hmm. about some emails that we had. <laughs> yes. I would have been like, 50, like 14, 15. When did you post this up? Huh? I uh, posted it, what would it have been? Maybe like a year ago yeah. or something. I just, I love getting nostalgic. I love that you, you are Sam, like he's right across it. Are you <laughs> no, across? I do Sam? remember. You remember? It, yeah.
2: it? And it scares me, <laughs> like the archiving system you must have. Yeah. Like just- Do you know
1: so you'll love this then, if you like the archiving system. I uh, went back to my email and found an email that... Uh, you sent in 2005 to you called the cadets which were single bed single cadets b- viewers of our show and the thing was that you were uh, it was so old school that you didn't even bother like hiding everyone's email addresses <laughs> you had just written to 50 people and you just like include their email <laughs> really? so I decided you show, uh, this yeah. morning I like replied oh. old and because you wouldn't have got a message <laughs> oh, this is incredible because it was uh, Sam we explain at single-
2: the background just before we yeah, get into that yeah, so can- I hosted a and produced, I guess, uh, my own community TV show mm. while I was in Adelaide with a group of friends. Now, some of the friends were um, friends at uni, others were kind of people in radio. It was basically whoever I could get a favour off to pull this community TV show together. It was called Sam Max Single Bed and it was hosted from my actual single bed <laughs> and my own apartment and we go around Adelaide. Not much has changed, mate. <laughs> it's just now <an> from <laughs> no, the no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we did two seasons of it. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. Like, we made so many mistakes, but it taught me a lot. And I, I, I guess I got comfortable in being on camera. And, and yeah, so that's I'm, how I kind of started the TV thing. And that was, like you say, 2003
1: or four. How, yeah. old, how old were
2: you? Uh, I would have been 20-ish, Yeah.
1: I just I had a single bed yeah. yeah I know It's
2: alarming <laughs> I mean, isn't it yeah. I lived in the tiniest apartment In and North was Adelaide that was the yeah. whole shtick That was the whole no, yeah, shtick If
0: by the whole shtick You mean my actual <laughs> life <Yeah. laughs> hey, That shtick Is really <laughs> convincing
1: You've got a great shtick <laughs> <laughs> Well Jules Lund
0: chit- Had a <laughs> water bed Until he was about 24 so hey, water beds are great aren't
1: they Or no, <laughs> no Creepy <laughs> Yeah they're
2: creepy no, but People who have water beds Probably also have like A mirror on the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> Generally those two, It's a combo deal You get a captain snooze red velvet sheets It sounds about
1: right But yeah So you were We're on Channel 31, which Mm. for our international listeners is community TV. You're not getting paid anything for that. You're you're getting the the show up. But it was syndicated across to Aurora on on Foxtel. Yeah, we hit the big
2: time, which is the National Community Channel on (laughs) Foxtel. Which which was like,
1: it's funny when you see people's uh, resumes, when they say, you know, they had a show on Foxtel and the next thing to do is to read where it was done. (laughs) And nine times out of ten, if they've just said Foxtel, it's probably an Aurora show. (laughs) Well, at least you can say I was on TV, yeah, well, that, that was, was they, all you're um, looking for, right at yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah, but
2: people shopping at Woolworths have been on TV, CCTV.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: very true. But the um, so I was, you know, uh, you know, 14 year old or whatever, uh, watching uh, the show, and I was just, I would get obsessed with it. I was showing Tommy before a YouTube video that I po- posted in 2005, which was um, a film clip that I made, which was. Inspired by what was the what was that song the it's Fuck probably- You, no, Oh, mean, Eamon. yeah, yeah. F U, and yeah. then there was
2: F U Right Back by uh, Frankie.
1: Yeah, so you did a you did a music video on like for the show yeah. with, with that, and I did like I then did my own. Parody, wow. all that sort of thing. Oh,
2: that's really but, cool. Now, I, I knew that you were kind of into it because I remember yeah. you writing to me a few times. Yeah. and Believe it or not, we weren't getting flooded with fan mail <laughs> back then.
1: Still not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but this is here's the here's the here's the story that uh, I don't think uh, I've shared with you before. So you were doing um, Hot Thirty, yeah, countdown. And so I remember, like I've got uh, old emails where I was emailing asking, hey, what are you up to, Sam? And I think at the time, did you have a st- stint just being a music jock as well? Yeah, did-? absolutely. And so I- uh, Did you that- have a cat by the night? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: we're just you freaking- shower between yeah. the hour?
1: <laughs> this is literally just a profile now. Just to, just to close the loop quickly from the-, the what I'm I was so saying glad about- you're here, Tommy. Like, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Imagine this if is- it was
0: you two just alone. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I've invited this him up the, into the room. This is the
1: only reason I've done the podcast it's for a, a hundred and you know odd episodes to <laughs> yeah, come all into this that. yeah all
2: led yeah. to this moment yeah. and you know what? i'm one step ahead of you this isn't actually my room this is a recreation of what my room <laughs> would look like that's not my bag over there
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh so i uh, i thought it'd be fun to um uh, this morning i got this the email that you sent back uh, in october 2005 which yep. was saying hey cadets australia's uh, lowest budget tv show sam max single bed <laughs> Is back with a brand new se- uh, six-part series and all that sort of Oh, thing. So this
2: is pre-promo for the second series. Yes, okay. exactly. And so what I thought, got through. <laughs> I thought is, I thought I
1: might uh, reply all this morning <laughs> and just say, "Hey guys, I've got Sam. I know it's been 13 years. <laughs> Are you
0: serious? Yeah. Like I've got this. I've
1: got got Sam Mack on my podcast. <laughs> Did you say that? I know yeah. it's been 13 yeah. years. Yeah. And the thing, what I got flooded with emails. <laughs> And they all say address not found. They're so <laughs> old. they're so old. I got. I was like, man, Tommy, I've got twenty emails, and they were all mail delivery subsystem <laughs> error. error saying that it couldn't couldn't be sent. Did but any come back? Did I'm, anyone I'm, write back? I'm just trying. I don't think not yet. But by the end of the show, there was so many funny hotmail like i can read out all these emails cuz they don't exist anymore i don't know if you know smallraindrop drop at bigpond.com.au who <laughs> oh <my laughs> doesn't <laughs> uh, joe market ihug.com.au I Mate, had, there's there's a wow. lot Mate, old, had- old school babe2000.yahoo.com.au old school babe i used to have <laughs> hip hop
0: Underscore one, two, three. Oh, Man, really? Hip awesome.
2: Were you a hip-hop enthusiast? Yeah, I was into it. Wacko. So probably one of your rap dreams coming true today, Mate. interviewing <laughs> Actually, this truly. is probably
1: my favourite one. Killer spelt K I L A H underscore WOG underscore bella. <laughs> Killer <laughs> Wog Bella. But yeah. But that's a, it's, <laughs> what,
0: what
2: was your old school email? Well, that's the thing. I sent mine, I'm pretty sure this would have been yeah. sent from mister Sam McMillan at Hotmail.com. No, or did I no, have a single You had
1: the single bed
2: one. Alright, well that was short lived. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I when I was about Twelve or thirteen, I set up an email, and I thought, "Oh, it'd be really funny if I make my email really formal, like I'm yeah. a businessman." Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. made it Mr. Sam McMillan at Hotmail.com and I still have it to this day. That's so great. I still use Hotmail. That was I'm not thinking. even on Channel Seven email. <laughs> what, they intentionally- won't let you. Or- well, <laughs> well, the thing well, is, well, we I'm, know what
1: the business is like. You're going to be out of that in a few weeks anyway, yeah. right? I need Might something well- with longevity. Yeah. Hotmail. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So yeah, I'm Mr. Sam McMillan at Hotmail.com uh, I'm going to get so many emails now as a result of mentioning <laughs> that a number of times. Um, but that is crazy. So what were you expecting? <laughs> did you think uh, people look, were actually going to say? Uh,
1: yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen. I literally only did it an hour and a half ago. So was, the day is still the, Yeah, <laughs> it'll short. be interesting to see what comes out of it. This we'll is going to get, get some
2: real buzz for season three of Single Bed.
1: Temptation underscore is underscore yours. One, two, zero at Hotmail. There's a lot. Very sexual. Yeah. And a bit <laughs> yeah. racial. Yeah. <laughs> what well, That was the time. That was...
0: This People love the number sixty-nine. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> this is a
1: great one. This is someone who was starting sort of fresh with a new email account. Mm-hmm. It was New Year's boy at hotmail. But <laughs> well, that it's works a, any year, yeah. so that's got longevity. January as well. one comes out, and uh, yeah, with the, with a new one. But no, so I um, <laughs> we have a history. And so, yeah, yeah. But, but and I, then we have a history.
0: Yeah. On Twitter, you sent me a message. It was nice. You said, I love your videos, dude. Keep I it up. I
2: do. No, they're, they're, you've done some really good stuff that I think was quite unique. Like, it was kind of. Um, warm if that makes sense like a lot of videos certainly a lot of the videos that i see on instagram or twitter youtube you whatever you want to talk about ice. it's kind of like funny like a comedy and yeah. yours had funny in it but also had heart and i that's a big thing we try to do with with our sort of sunrise weather segments when we can is to shine a light on someone in the community who's doing something nice mm. or mm. share a, a nice story because there's so much just nasty negativity like both in the news and on social media, mm. that if you can play a small part in celebrating someone or making someone feel good, then why would you Absolutely. not do that? So, yeah, that's one of the things that struck me about your videos, a couple that I watched it was like, oh, that's a really nice, warm feeling about that. Thanks, Dad. Well, well, the like, last one he
0: watched in 2015, stop watching. <laughs> yeah, he actually got super critical after that. He sort of The <laughs> no. algorithm changed and now he does prank videos. But, you so. know, like I, even at that time, I remember I was like kind of, just starting out doing all my video stuff and it's just a game of chipping away and it's yeah. like, it's almost like what you've been doing look at you that's like 14 13 I was, years ago i was, oh, wow. I was telling tommy ago? in
1: the car i was like you have been such a big influence in this because you're someone who has been constantly doing and i've it's been so fun seeing because the path to the world that you're in is just there, there is no set path. Is it just, Foxtel, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's Aurora. 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 Yeah. This is a big plug for Aurora, our first sponsor. No, but the, no, but it is. It's that thing of just like I'm going to try this door, I'm going to try that door. But I just really want to quickly tell the hot thirty story, which right. was I was. Uh, listening to you when you when you got the Hot 30 gig. Yeah, so the Hot 30 for people, sorry, I'm a bit of a reset no, this has got a lot of good reset. It makes sense
0: because Josh assumes everyone knows <laughs> yeah. what he's yeah. talking what? about. What? <laughs> you haven't heard of Sam Mac's
2: single bed? <laughs> Loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hot 30 is a national radio show, the Stereo Network. Basically, it's all in the title. They do the hottest 30 songs. It's a countdown, but it's also an interview show. And you have a lot of callers from around yeah. the country calling through to vote. and. You know, people like Kyle, Kyle Sanderlands mm-hmm. used to do it. Um, yeah, it's it's a very popular thing that was around for a number of years. Now they don't do quite the hot thirty, but mm-hmm. they do a version of
1: It was a big deal, I'm guessing, for you at the time it you was. went to Sydney to do it, did you? Or, yeah. yeah. Well you were on a time that radio was really,
0: really popular. I remember <laughs> with young kids, like just sitting in their room doing homework, listening to the radio. It was a big
2: deal, particularly from me from Adelaide, because you kind of I don't I don't want to call it an inferiority thing, but Sorry, we've just got someone coming in the door. Oh, just got oh, um, They brought water. Ah, we could have had an exclusive I, chat. <laughs> yeah, someone more interesting than me. No, that was a safety check. There'll be one I'm of those sure, guys yeah, coming exactly. to bring water every yeah. 20 minutes. They said, uh,
1: Mr. Josh is fine. <laughs> is so. Um,
2: yeah, so the, the, for, to get an opportunity to host the Hot 30, I think initially it was just fill-in like for a month yeah. or something like that over Christmas, was a big deal for me because... In Adelaide, you never really know if you're going to get those types of opportunities. Often they do go to people in Melbourne, Sydney, just because they're front of mind. So that was pretty cool. Craig Bruce was the the content director, and it helped that he was based in Adelaide, but was the boss of the whole network. And he gave me the opportunity. How'd you land
0: it? Before we get back to Josh's story. How did I land it? I yeah, guess from, the-
2: from doing what I was doing at SAFM. So in Adelaide, mm-hmm. just doing a lot of hosting, a lot of You'd um, fill in for Yeah, I'd and- fill in. I'd kind of write things for the station. I'd host a lot of events out and about. I was doing community TV shows. I, I guess if there's one thing that I've always done is have a go. You know, mm-hmm. like really put yourself out there and and have a crack and just accept that not everything you do is going to be perfect or is going to be the winner, but it might lead to something and, and it might lead to an opportunity or it might lead to just meeting someone. Mm-hmm. So you might go, I'm going to try this interview thing down at, you know, two hours out of the city. Let's see where it goes. And you meet someone then who you work with on something else. So, yeah, that that's something that I've always found beneficial across whatever form of work I've been doing is have a go or take the meeting or spend half an hour with someone. Look at today do the podcast, yeah, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm into that because I know that when, when I was starting out, if people, you know, like, like Josh would write to me that I would always take time to write back.
0: Well, he's yeah, been on your tail and we've got you.
2: Yeah.
1: And so the uh, hot 30, like I remember when you were doing the music uh, stuff at uh, Adelaide, I was in two thousand and five. I was asking you, "Hey Sam, have you got?" Or two thousand and six. I said, "Have you got a uh, a podcast of your?" I just wanted to hit your breaks, like yeah. basically, like the little bits between the <laughs> songs. It probably didn't justify a podcast, but I was asking for it. But anyway, you were on Hot Thirty, and I was listening all the time. To paint the picture, it would have been a summer of uh, 06. I was in year ten. Yeah, off spring so, poster on the wall. <laughs> no, nah, it was sort of no. This, the song at the time was uh, Beyonce's Irreplaceable. To the left, to the left. Oh, Oh, that what was a was song. The, yeah. was a really Everything huge, you own in a box to the legs. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I just bought new speakers at the time. So I was blasting that song. <laughs> and I would even practice like t- talking to the post. I've got videos oh, of me talking to the post. Awesome. You know, the, it's Josh, it's the Hot 30 <laughs> Countdown. It's a bit of that vibe. Oh, anyway, great. So, um, so, Sam, like I would listen uh, online through like. um you could even listen FM like it was a national show, but I was uh, streaming it and I heard there was a there was a competition that was on, and I think it was around. Uh uh, it was a Jesse McCartney competition and it was around... I feel like he might need a reset yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just the hot, the, the, the hot is, blonde guy. A pop star yeah, exactly. it yeah, a t- for yeah. about three months. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing was... We're going to get a lot of hate from Jesse McCartney fans. <laughs> and feel free to send us an email. Hi, at if you do have any Jesse McCartney stories. But uh, there, yeah, you, There was a form on the website and it said... Um, uh, you're running a competition to win a, f- a phone chat with Jesse McCartney, and all you had to do was, in uh, 25 words or less, say like what what you would say if you were to break up. Uh, with your partner and oh God, right? what an awful so, yeah. idea of a couple <laughs> so, oh, so, yeah. so, anyway, so you had to like what would you say so I, I wrote it but what I didn't realise was well, that was fielding <laughs> sorry I'm just
2: imagining someone being broken up with and somehow Jesse McCartney is, is implicated <laughs> and he's on the phone for it well
1: that's exactly what you did so no but what, what happened was I filled but out they that. finished with a lifeline
0: number <laughs> just to make <laughs> sure yeah, to cover sings all bases it. he <laughs> <sings> the jingle
1: <laughs> <laughs> 13 So he, uh, so I put the details, uh, my details in. Yeah. Did you have someone to break up with at that point? No. So this was the thing. So I get a call from the (laughs) producer, and it's really exciting when, when you get a call from the producer. It's so exciting because they have this certain. worked uh, on, you know, drive shows with FIFA and Jules and stuff like that. But there's a real sort of like, hey, it's Jamie from Hub 30 Countdown. Hey, hey <laughs> yeah, mate? Now, yeah. look, we'd love to get you on. Uh, you're the, the, they said, oh, you're the only guy that put their name down for this competition. <laughs> so we'd love to uh, get your girlfriend's number and we'll, uh, we'll just patch her through and then we'll just get you to break up. With her on air, <laughs> and brutal. And <laughs> whose idea was it? Was it your I, idea, Sam? I Seth? honestly don't
2: think that was my idea. But look, at that point, you're just <laughs> take, going with it. Yeah,
1: take credit. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've learned since things have happened since, and people are less <laughs> likely to do that sort yeah, of yeah, shit. Yeah, the yeah. old producer shtick. Uh, so anyway, they—I uh, didn't have a girlfriend, and so at the moment I was. It was this really weird thing of like, okay, do I, do I tell them what do I do? So I just gave them my friend's number, female friend, fem- female friend. Did you word her up, Larissa? And then so they said, okay, we're just going to give Larissa a call uh, now. So just and so as soon as I hung up, I dialed Larissa's number. And I said, hey, Larissa, I'm about to call you. I'm going to break up with you. It's for a phone competition, and we we're in a chat with Jesse McCartney, right? And I didn't, I didn't even. The thing is, I didn't even give a fuck about Jesse McCartney. It was just because I loved. I loved everything about this. I just yeah, uh, it was getting me excited. <laughs> it was a big troll. Yeah, so Poor anyway, Larissa, like what a cool and yeah, what the exactly. pressure that she would have felt. And then so I I remember doing a whole bit of, a bit on, uh like I've noticed that, uh you took me out of your top friends on MySpace. <laughs> oh oh wow. yeah, wow.
0: you guys would have been frothing. Yeah. Oh, this, this is, is the best. Right in the demo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is ding. the best.
1: And so anyway, I uh, yeah I I won, and so I gave. I was just packing up my apartment because I'm about to travel and I found all the old CDs, Jesse McCartney signed CDs. So I Josh gave, won the I got CDs. the CDs because <laughs> I, I thought, man, this is going to be worth something. Larissa can have the phone chat. So I said, hey, Larissa, like here, you can have the phone chat with Jesse McCartney and I got all these DVDs and CDs. <laughs> How's poor Jesse having
0: to talk to these people? It well, just one I know, I know what Hi. The, hey. It's not good for his
2: brand Is How it like are you? Being I- an instrumental part Of a breakup Yeah um, Him and Larissa Are now married Which is a beautiful <laughs> end to the story Have you, I have think. you still got Contact with yeah. Larissa I should,
1: I'll, I'll reach out to Larissa To find out We should close the loop there Close the loop See if she ever spoke to I know Jesse. that she definitely Spoke to him But um, what was but discussed I have no idea Like what do you say To a 16 year old It
0: would be so awkward
1: It'd be pretty weird oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be, be you know,
0: Kind of like, glorious You know I used to be A stripper Sam I didn't know <laughs> that. No, really. When I was nineteen, I toured um, New Zealand. Oh wow! Um, with like, it was like manpower, like full stage yeah. show. Some shows. Povo did. manpower. It
1: was Povo yeah. manpower. So hang
2: on, this gets better. So now <laughs> I've invited a male stripper to <laughs> my <laughs> hotel room,
1: You're the right. and we've actually got Jesse singing live, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. "Pretty Face." Was that his? All oh, right. My so
0: point of mentioning it though was that we did meeting greets. And we once did in this little town called uh, Wanganui or Funganui, however you want to say it. Well, um, I'm sure there is a right they way They say I say think they say funga, funga, Funganui. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes they drop that around New Zealand people and then they're like, oh, you know it. Oh. Okay, great. Anyway, we did this meet and greet and this woman had a broken leg and she was with her mum. And they were lovely, sweet, very timid. And we're there before the show having dinner with them and some drinks. By the end of the night, they were so comfortable with us. They were having drinks after... And the girl with the broken leg got so pissed, she punched out the woman behind oh, the bar. What? <laughs> but my point is, it's just so awkward. Those meet and greets, <laughs> <laughs> you've got nothing go. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're saying you've got more shame <laughs> exactly.
2: for being a part of it's, that. It's the yeah. shame yeah. game. We're playing
1: the sh- It's our first segment, the shame game, guys. Yes. <laughs> What's something I want shameful? I talk more about the stripping thing. Yeah. So did
2: you know about the stripping career? Yeah, so it has been <laughs> broached many times on the show. Uh, we haven't
1: spoken about it on the show. You really. sent me a lot of emails at the time that I was... <laughs> no.
2: You know, the the reason I have particular interest in this is I've just finished shooting a show where I strip. Interesting. Yeah, and it's called The Real Full Monty and it's going to be on Channel 7 soon. Uh,
0: is it um, reality or is it... Um, f- it's a documentary
2: and it's actually... Oh, um, so it's a men's health focus and the kind of... So it's me and seven, seven other prominent Aussies and um, the, the sort of point to it is basically men still are apprehensive about going to the doctor. So this is supposed to encourage men to feel more comfortable going to the doctor. So, And they're doing it in a fun way, obviously. Otherwise, it'd just be boring men sitting around talking about men's health. Literally
1: anything I hate going to... Like, not even just, like, if it was a prostate thing. I literally, like, pulled my own, like, ingrown toenail watching a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's so... There's something so depressing watching a YouTube video of this dude being like, oh, yeah, I got this, like, from the hardware store. You're going to do this. And you're sort of, like, half judging them. But as you also got your <laughs> yeah. like players out yeah. trying to pull. But at
2: least they've done something with it. They've turned it into a tutorial <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least they've and credit. monetized it. At least they've got content, right? I'm just. Uh, but it sounds the, interesting. The, the point behind it is if we can get our gear off in front mm-hmm. of Australia slash a thousand people at the Enmore Theatre old mate watching this can get his gear off behind closed doors in front of a doctor because it could save his life and obviously they're expecting a lot of females to watch it don't worry I'm not the only one stripping Chris (laughs) Smith is also involved Ah, um, model slash former partner of Danny Minogue (laughs) Um, resetting (laughs) um, it was a
1: reset but it was also a bit of a
2: like yeah that's his shtick
1: (laughs) I (laughs) know he's done a lot of other
2: things but um, the five second version because we got a lot to get through guys Um, I've had a look at the run sheet
1: Um,
2: (laughs) now it's it's Basically, if we can do it and it's also a lot of women watching for those guys and it's like they can encourage their husband their boyfriend their son to go and get their health their health yeah. checks because a lot of guys will literally go five years without going to a doctor so I hope
1: there's a lot of like overweight people in that seven because the other thing too is there's something a bit if it was like We've got uh, Chris Smith and yeah, uh, Dr. Brown. Like, what's the vet's Chris name? Brown, Chris TV's Brown. Brown like just, just all the... Uh, well, 22 abs yeah. between them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and oh, Todd Sampson's agreed to take his shirt off again. Oh, what a fucking... <laughs> no,
2: there, there's, uh, I won't name them, but there's mm-hmm. um, there's guys that, you know, have your more traditional body sure. shapes. You know, people like myself, for <laughs> yeah. example. Um, Did
1: Adam Richard go? I remember he was doing... What was the Water Bomb show? Do you remember that? It was the... Oh,
2: Celebrity Splash. Celebrity Splash. Adam Richard, no, he's not <laughs> in this. He's not in um, this. Okay. He Tom, went down with the yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> Todd McKenney does the choreography. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so we actually went to watch a male strip show. Of course as he part did. Of our, Yeah, as part <laughs> of our planning. Who did you see? Um, it was a pun based on Pex, I think. I can't remember the exact name of it, but um, Pex Appeal or something like that in, in Sydney. And uh, we interviewed them after. It was fascinating to hear, I guess you have a perception of what a male stripper is and what they would be like, but then you meet them and it's like, why did I think you were just this one dimension? Because yeah. these guys were really interesting. And had a lot of cash.
0: Yeah. Talking yeah. about puns. Uh, well, just quickly, um, yeah. it sounds like uh, you've stripped for a cause and I was a dirty asshole <laughs> stripping <laughs> for money. Yeah. How much money did you make? <laughs> um, not enough. Yeah. And I didn't get TV. Because it was like you were with a group. So if you do what it your with group a group. Uh, it was called the Sydney Hotshots. Yeah. It was the guys who I toured with
2: around New Zealand. And what was your Well, I've got a a lot of questions, but what was your trademark move? What was your go-to song? And what was the most objectified you ever felt?
0: Um, here, I'll, I'll answer them in order. My move was like a almost like a breakdancing move where you do it's almost a backflip. Oh, wow. So on one hand, you'd sort of like flip your legs back over your head. Almost a
1: backflip. Yeah, but, but you use a hand on over. the ground. So rather than doing <laughs> a
0: backflip, you'd just like hold, have one hand on the ground and then flip your legs back over your head. That's incredible. Um, the song, uh, Genuine Pony, oh, classic. of course. Yep. And um, the most objectified was when, like we never got, we never got full nude and showed everything, right? Yeah. But there was one point where you're in a towel and you drop the towel and your bum's facing the stage, you know, behind you, everyone's seeing your bum. Yeah. I dropped the towel. I looked to my right. A couple of sneaky girls had snuck up oh. and were waiting for the towel oh, drop they moment. knew the Corrie. <laughs> <laughs> they were all over it. Two nights in a row, that had been. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was... Would you ever do it again? No way. I like I am. It's so funny because I actually feel more uncomfortable about taking my clothes off in settings now that are you know having people around. it's weird. It's Did you feel really, sexy doing it? Ah, oh, yeah. I think there's definitely an energy. It's like totally. When there's,
2: there's an adrenaline that comes with it.
0: And girls who are just like screaming. It like I think it adds. It's it is a sexual energy that it's creating. Mm. It's it's not good. It's not good for your head.
2: I think you're right because. Guys don't generally get to feel that feeling of being so desired. Yeah. So, yeah. and Never i experienced on this night, sure, I was standing next to Chris Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe but, you are getting mate, told ride the his wave. Aura, <laughs> is that
0: what you're saying? Ride the, ride the wave. But I could see, and, I, and I'm not saying that the other guys weren't, you know, emotionally intelligent, but they were caught up. In you know, oh yeah, yeah, fucking, you're mowing my lawn. You, you know, oh, you're really still, my girl. Mean?
1: Oh, really? <laughs> and I was just like, uh, you guys, are you I for literally real? took that. There's hundreds of girls yeah. here. Yeah. You yeah. idiots! Yeah. I literally took that. Like, I took that literally. That I'm like, you're mowing my lawn. I'm like, what's <laughs> yeah. wrong with Put that? Put some clothes on if you're yeah. going to mow my lawn. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's the biggest compliment someone a neighbor could do is mow their lawn, isn't it? Anyway, uh, you were talking talking about puns and uh, the the show, the way that you, yeah, if you're talking about the discovery stories, how how you were discovered, you were part of a segment on SAFM, which was who wants to be a co-host on air? Is that what it was called? Yeah, so
2: it was a pun on who wants to be a millionaire and the prize was to go to Edinburgh in Scotland and review acts in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Mm -hmm. So I went, got to take my girlfriend at the time um, and then when i came back they offered me a job so that was i was very lucky a lot of people who get into radio tv kind of go and do Rural, you mm-hmm. know, do the country thing, go to a small market, and earn their stripes, kind of thing, for a few years. But Tommy did
1: that in Shepparton for two years, and we yeah. actually our uh, episode fifty of the Daily Talk Show, we did it live at the deck, which is one yeah. of the biggest oh, uh, really? venues at Shepp- in Shepparton, and what, the crowds flooding in. Yeah, it was yeah crazy. Uh, what I realised was I peaked when I was a stripper. <laughs> 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 it was a good vibe we got. They no, gave us uh, free uh, free burgers and stuff. Oh, but nice. Yeah, definitely yeah, the a-
0: um, the the path that most people take is that. Yeah. You know,
2: ADO. So I knew, I was aware that I was lucky to mm-hmm. like, have that opportunity. At the same time, I was also working and doing my own thing. So I was kind of working towards that. But yeah, that's how I started. So And I went from that to driving Black Thunders for a little while. Doing the, doing the street doing team. The team. The stri- Oxy oh, oh, cold cans of Coke. Yeah. Copies of New Weekly.
0: But as we said before, it's like you've been a doer for years. Does it feel for you
1: like, what's this gig? What's the... You know the weatherman on Seven. Like what's what does the this na- feel what's the like? Narrative? Like what is the narrative? Like how do you how do you tell that story? What's the future look like?
2: Uh, I don't I don't really look too far ahead to be honest, because I also think that that's maybe something I've learned a bit mm-hmm. over the years, because you don't know particularly in 2018 with the way things are changing with how people consume their media and things like that to be aware of, you know, what will commercial TV look like in five years? Mm. It's hard to forecast that, you know, you can obviously have guesses, but so I don't look at it like that. I look at it like what's right in front of me, what can I do right now? And then what are some little side projects that I can keep ticking along? And that's kind of what I've been doing for the last, I guess, almost 10 years now. Mm. And it seems to be working to a point that I'm happy, happy with it.
0: I think people look in from the outside and think, oh, you've landed the weather roll and it's like this, the big thing. But it's like what we heard when that viral video of you pushing the kid off. I'm loosely <laughs> yeah, <laughs> describing yeah, that's what it. Happened, yeah. That's what happened. But it's like you were filling in and then it slowly, so it yeah. didn't feel as impactful as a, a got um, it.
2: To be honest, I probably underestimated how big this role is when I took it. So I initially filled in for a few weeks and, didn't know this, but I was uh, on-air auditioning. So they, they already knew that Edwina Bartholomew, who did the role before me, was moving on. And they were looking at a few people to kind of, you know, who would be good for that slot. So I was working with the project on 10 at the time in a sort of casual role and they were amazing. I loved working with them. I worked with them for quite a few years. Uh, so they were kind enough to let me do a few little spots here and there, thinking it was just, you know, a couple of spots. And and I didn't I honestly didn't think further than that. And I did it my style. I almost did it like, the Metro whip around, which you do on the project. Mm. I kind of treated every cross like that. So I would just try to come up with an angle, try to do something maybe a little bit different. And one of the ways that I try to approach TV is, and particularly with breakfast TV, is imagine that people are half watching because most of them are. And by that, I mean, most people in the morning are having a cereal, getting their kids ready, doing their ironing. So they're half watching. So if I can do something that visually looks a bit unique or captures someone's interest... That's half the battle. It's so now that's
0: sounding like you really push this kid off the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So every day yeah, exactly. I push at least one yeah, child exactly. off something. They um, say to make
1: noise, they, <laughs> and it can be Charlie screaming as he hits the ground. Josh and I talk a lot about,
0: um, you know, this new empowerment thinking of rather than waiting to be picked, you pick yourself. Hundred percent. And I think you know me trying to navigate my way into getting TV shows, and you know, my career being in the hands of these other people that could pick me, which is why auditions feel so horrible and can give you so much. Yeah,
2: because often in an audition situation, it might just be that you're too tall next to the person they've already yeah. locked in. Like you can't – and people take it so personally. I understand why people take it personally because you put so much of yourself into it. But, yeah, I agree with that. You've got to got to sort of do your own thing and forge your own way as much as you can. Um, and, you know, you said before, does this feel like the big, the big role, the big thing – I underestimated Sunrise in terms of, like, how many people watch it and how much a part of people's routine it is. It's like breakfast radio. Like, Mm -hmm. people have a real connection to those voices because it's the first voice they hear in the morning often. And with TV, it's the first face they see in the morning. That's why they don't like uh, myself and the other host to be too many of us away at the one time. You know, they like to... Okay, if Koshi's away, make sure that Sam and Nat are on. Like, they like to keep those familiar faces because the familiarity and an intimacy that comes with first thing in the morning. So... Uh, I underestimated it, you know, within a couple of months of starting the job, I just realized that out and about, I realized that waiting at the airports, people coming over and Mm. wanting to say, hey, I love the show, or hey, I remember when you did this, or and it was really nice. I just, I guess I didn't have as much of that with the project, you know, because I wasn't on every time with the project, whereas with this show, with Sunrise, I'm on seven times a morning every day of the week, so it's a lot, you're doing a lot of TV, it's high turnover, Um, but... Is it the big thing? It feels big to me, but then I have some people who will talk to me about a thing I did called the B-League, which was like a comedy soccer five-minute segment that I did on Fox Sports, which I loved and I was really passionate about because that's combining two of my loves, comedy and, and soccer. And Foxtel. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this wasn't on Aurora. It was on Fox Sports One. Thank you very yeah, much. Um, but, and to, to football fans, like, and I see them at games or whatever, they'll come up and they'll go, oh man, like what happened to the B-League? Oh, I love it. I've got all the episodes, da-da-da. They'll quote lines from sketches. And so to them, that's, that's the big thing. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, to a mum in the suburbs of Sydney, sunrise is the big thing. So, I don't really, yeah, think about it as in what's the big thing. I just kind of go, this is what's in front of me right now. Let's make it as fun and do as good a representation of myself as I can and then see where we can go next.
0: It's like, I guess it's why you've kind of got to where you have because it seems like maybe not looking at it as the big thing, maybe people are viewing things wrong in that respect of going, I'm waiting for the big thing to happen versus just – this is the thing and then there'll be another thing and then it's yeah, just enjoying that's right. and, the process. And I
2: think most, most successful people I've met um, they've had a number of big things and they may have achieved something like it might have been I want to you know record my dream is to record an album and, and release it and do well mm. and then they do that and then they're like Oh, I can do better. I can do a better album than this, or ah oh, my the highest my single got was number forty six I want to get top twenty. you know people successful people keep um you know reassessing their their goals and what they want to achieve and I was and just have thinking about it. I
0: was just thinking about a photo you posted with Julia Gillard see I mean she got the big thing yeah. running the country yeah. what do you what you set for yourself after that yeah.
2: Exactly. And and I think you've got to be open to the fact that, yes, that might be the big thing at the time, but there's lots of big things. You know, there's so many things you can do in your career.
1: Mm. How, how different is Sam Mack within the context of a weatherman versus real life, you know, the person you actually are? <laughs>
2: uh, I think it's like a lot of media, like whether it's radio or TV, I think it's an amplification. So. I don't think I'm as high energy or as annoying (laughs) in real life. I like to think that I'm not. Um, I... I understand that I have short um, opportunities with my crosses. They're pretty short. They're a couple of minutes. So I want to cram a lot into that. I want there to be energy and I want there to be fun because I know that it's often in the midst of bad news, sad news stories. So I want it to be smiling and fun and happy. So yeah, it's a version of me. It's just a, an amplification. It's just, a, I guess, a larger version of what I would naturally be like.
1: Do you but- walk away from segments that you do and ever feel disappointed? And how f- how long, what does that f- sound like in your head and how long does it last
2: that happens a lot yeah i I, i'm pretty um hard on myself but and and my team you know Mm -hmm. i've got a great producer and you know i and often it's something that's out of your control so that's i think that's a little bit easier to move on from but when you screw something up like Mm -hmm. i find that harder to move on from that was something that i really struggled with when i got my first uh breakfast radio show in Mm -hmm. perth so i was working over there doing the the brekkie show and I was working with Basil Zemplis, who's, you know, a friend of mine and a really good mentor. And um, he he sort of taught me pretty early on, because he's a bit older and he's kind of been there, done that in, in many respects, that something would go wrong at say the six o'clock break or ten past six and it'd really annoy me and it would sort of I'd stew on it and it'd be there for the end to the end it would of the show. It'd just trickle. Yeah, and trickle it just it would yeah. be there, it'd be lingering. Mm-hmm. So he he noticed that and he kind of really early on off the air just said hey i want to talk to you about something he's like hey you know when that happened at 10 past six today he goes i really felt and i could tell that it affected you for the rest of the show like you weren't yourself you were still thinking about we and he's like were you thinking about it i'm like yeah i was he's like here's one thing that i could pass on to you that stuff will always happen no matter what level you're at no matter what show you're doing you will have things that don't go perfectly that don't go according to plan or don't get executed as best as you want but that's 610 majority of people aren't going to hear that who's you know the prime time is 7 30 mm-hmm. you've got six you've got eight o'clock yeah. you've got all this stuff ahead of you so you need to accept that things will happen like that and just go you know what and he says this great quote he says that's showbiz He's like, just remember that. And I had those two words and it really helps because when something goes wrong, I just remember that's showbiz. I don't want that to affect the next five things I'm doing.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's easy when it happens at 6.10, but probably an extra level of consciousness when it happens at 7.30. Yeah, it
2: does. It does. But the same principle applies. Mm. You still have more of the show to do. And if it's something that you need to discuss with your team to ensure it doesn't happen again, you do it after the show. I'm always a fan of after the show. Sometimes yeah. the emotion gets the better of you and you're like, oh, why did that happen? Or where was mm. we were supposed to go to this but it wasn't there. Where's my Where's a kid? Who am I gonna push? <laughs> you know like <laughs> what
1: if it doesn't what if it doesn't align like I've had moments uh Uh, on the daily talk show where I've said something and then afterwards I've thought about it. and like, I actually don't believe that or I don't think about it enough to have put it out there in the world. Yeah. How how do you reconcile those feelings?
2: That's part of it. Um, Andrew Denton famously talked about, you know, how he got so many great revelations out of his guests on enough rope was because he was comfortable sitting in the silence. So, a 45 minute interview that you see on enough rope, they would have shot sometimes over four or five hours. Oh, yeah. that's, and that's a long time. And and a lot of that is, is Denton. And this is my understanding of it after reading a bit about it is he would just leave gaps and, people naturally, instinctively want to feel silence. And yeah. that's when they'll often say something that maybe they haven't really thought through or don't 100% believe. It's just like something they feel. I've got to say something. Mm-hmm. And that's also when people reveal things that maybe they weren't otherwise going to reveal. So that's a really great interview technique for Denton. But this isn't edited. So a terrible technique in this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of,
0: let's have a minute silence, please, guys. <laughs> well, we actually spoke about this. You said it yesterday with the amount that we're doing and even a radio show that's a breakfast radio show you get to come back tomorrow but if you didn't get to come back for a week or two weeks you'd be stewing on that show Yeah mm-hmm. that didn't go right and I even feel a bit about yesterday's show when we we're recording this Yeah which was yeah one of the episodes. We're doing this, so many. This pre-record's a real mind this, suckery, Yeah, this pre-record. <laughs> <laughs> but I even felt that with yesterday, but then you get back in the saddle and you get to give it another crack.
2: Yeah, and I think that... In, in a way, even though it's not a fun feeling, I think it's healthy because it means you care and it means that you want to you know, rectify or ensure that thing doesn't happen again if you can avoid it, do the steps in process to make sure that you can avoid that if you can. But if, if you were that blasé about it where you're just like everything is whatever and you never really even thought about it, I think maybe you're losing a bit of the care and the passion for really wanting to deliver something awesome. But the other thing is I think the greatest in the world would have those moments, you know, yeah. whether you're... You know David Bowie when he was recording. I bet he listens back and he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm not happy with how that chord structure works, or something like that." I think it's a natural performer or a creative feeling is that it's part of you're always striving for this perfection that doesn't exist.
0: Well, everyone's got self talk. Yeah. And what so- is your self talk? Um, Foxtail. <sighs> Foxtail. Foxtail. <laughs> Foxtail. Aurora, what is my self talk? Um,
2: give me an example. So what? Do, what do you for guys me, mean? I. Uh,
0: Around being, I, I was experiencing frustration and a feeling of frustration over years because I think I was lo- thinking about, oh, I need to be further than I am, yep. and I, and so it was a story going on in my head of this feeling um, restless, yep. a real sense of and, and I and I met my wife and I I got a bit of perspective on things and I things started happening for me. But I have lost that, and I know that that was just this thing going on in my head. That was I was impatient, uh, impatient, and so for me it was all all around. Yeah, the fear, my internal feeling of not having got far enough yet, yeah, and it yeah. not happening now. Mm-hmm. What um, about you, Josh?
1: I think it's it's been around. How good this TV guy? <laughs> <getting> <laughs> interviewing <laughs> us, great. Right. He's fucking denting us. So <laughs> I just want to say. I just want to say. Seen his mic technique? It's amazing. It's really solid. (laughs) It's really blows me up about my uh, fucking mic technique. (laughs) No, it's the Vox Poppy type of thing I bet you if if someone was there talking, he'd fucking have it, whip it over there like you wouldn't believe, back and forth. You wouldn't be missing a beat. All right, we next could, time the guy
2: we, checks for water, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we'll get him on. my challenge yeah, is exactly. for the audience to hear some of his
1: voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my self-talk has been around, like I've been in the service industry in regards to like uh, doing video production for since I was 14 years old. And so I think that I have taken a lot of the stuff in regards to how I communicate with people and I think about, oh, that person's waiting for this thing. And so for me, I need to be very wary that I have systems. Otherwise, it's like having 20 different bosses and I feel like I'm disappointing every single one of them. So I think that that is for me, which is like trying to give myself a break but it's also realizing that it's not giving myself a break, which is the, is the drive. Yeah. So if I give myself a break, I won't fucking do the, meet that client deadline. So I need some of that internal voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: cool. Um. All right. Well, mine, I guess then would be things like um. backing yourself in, you know, mm. and it's, it's a simple one, but in the sort of work that I do, you need to remind yourself that, yeah, you can do something here and, mm. And I'm always a fan of, as a very basic filter, you know, how can I do something slightly different? Or, you know, um, I often think if it's an interview situation, okay, this person has been interviewed 25 times about this subject. What am I going to touch on them that they haven't touched on already? And sometimes that can be something totally left field. Sometimes it can be um, a minute detail of something they've already spoken about, but honing in on that minute detail. Um, Roy and HG have a great kind of philosophy which is um, they take something minuscule and make it enormous or they take something enormous and make it minuscule mm-hmm. and if you if you think about the funny Roy and HG moments you're kind of like Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember that, that swimmer who like, it took him like 15 minutes to finish after everyone yeah. else. Like they made that, like he, they made him a hero. Yeah. And like any other commentators or, you know, a lot of performers would have just said, oh, I mention it, but they took that and they ran with it. So yeah. I like that as a philosophy. Um, yeah, finding angles, backing yourself in and and being okay with celebrating a win. So if you, you know, you, because we just spoke about those moments where it doesn't go well, you're going to have those moments. But when you get something right or when you have a great moment or a really fun interaction or you, you make someone look great and, you know, celebrate that because that's why we do it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't do it because I want to make crazy amounts of money or anything like that. It's just not going to happen. You've got to do it because you get a buzz out of it and because you like collaborating and working with other creative people and you get that that's the payment don't tell them that when they're negotiating (laughs) my contract but that's where i get excited when i'm having like a great moment with someone else who's got a similar mindset and having a creative moment
0: it's amazing how easily you can forget the Mm wins and forget the feeling even though it is
1: amazing What's that whole thing of like, you have a, and you've mentioned it on a, another podcast, which is like, you can have a hundred pe- people say something nice to you, yeah. but that's that one thing. You remember
2: word for word, the <laughs> nasty comment. It's true. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I thought you were
1: going to say, you remember word for word what I said on <laughs> yeah, another podcast. Point <laughs> do, <laughs> which is... Uh, what, what is the
0: nasty, and I, we don't want to dwell on it. Yeah. I mean, we well, can go through so a hundred. line. and <laughs> a what, what is something nasty that's been said oh, to you? That's, like,
2: there's some pretty hurt. Once someone said, you're not a real meteorologist. Which is true (laughs) (laughs) That's That's why it stings It always stings (laughs) when they're right Yeah Oh look I've I'm getting better I think as the years go on At at blocking them out I'm pretty lucky I don't get that many And this is awful But I think Women still get Much more of that Than men Mm -hmm. It's still Badly um, Skewed that way It's unfair Um, But
0: Edwina did, the woman
2: before you I oh, just women in media, in T V yeah. and radio. In my experience over the years, I think they're just targeted more and by other women a lot as well, which is mm. which is horrible. But I oh, look. I just get things like, ah, oh, you know, what? Wh- why are you on TV? <laughs> and that's from yeah. my family. Yeah. Mum, <laughs> 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 no, like, fuck off. But, but the the
1: interesting thing is that the <laughs> yeah, great. Stop the, trolling. The, stop trolling, <laughs> mum. The, no, the the great thing about even what you do is the uh, I actually consume the bits that you do on air on your Instagram feed. Like, I think what you've done really well is is taken what could you know previously have been this mainstream thing and then repackaged it. So, like, I don't watch morning TV. I do, yeah. I'm just not at a TV. Yeah. But I feel like I'm able to consume the best bits. Has that been... And oh, even thank going, you.
2: No, that's that's a nice compliment. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something I'm, I'm aware of. He always
0: gets his dress attire wrong because you've said it's 18 when it's <laughs> 43 because it's an old grab. Yeah, he's not yeah, even no, a meteorologist. It's...
2: <laughs> um, it's it's Again, it's like I was just talking about, it's it's celebrating the wins mm. and there's definitely days where we don't have, the, like we deliver and it, and it kind of can be that mainstream, you know, basic sort of TV weatherman role. There's definitely days like that because it's unrealistic for me to think that every day we're going to have those big moments and those memorable things. It's, it's kind of like I'm a soccer fan, you know, um, I use the metaphor of in my first couple of months of the job, I was a guy who every time he got the ball was having a shot at goal, mm. right? And that's so frustrating to all your other teammates. It's frustrating to the fans because you're not going to score every time. So as those months went on, as, as time went on, and I wasn't doing that for the wrong reasons. I was doing that because i came from a background of you know, the project where I might only be on once or twice a week where I really wanted to make an impact and make my moment count. So, but I didn't need to do that when I was on seven times a day.
1: Well, so so how, do, how do you actually translate that into a strategy? So
2: you just, you translate into a strategy by saying, I don't need to go for goal every single time. Sometimes I can let someone else have, sure. be the star, which I like that to can do anyway. be a goal anyway, right? Yeah. Like, I and think often it's it the, is. Yeah. And that's a big part of what I like to do and, and setting them up. Mm-hmm. So they they get the goal because you get the goal when they get the goal. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> I don't know soccer, but <laughs> yeah, I sort of yeah. get it. I think
2: I
0: get it. <laughs> yes. there's a bunch uh, of guys on a field. There's yeah, a ball.
1: Exactly. All I Round know that people are annoyed about some streaming thing that's that, VAR. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. a video replay system. Um,
2: but probably not the place to discuss it's that. Take here. a whole get episode Craig on for that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I, I guess it's identifying, and I'm thankfully I did. Um, that. It's okay to just play a straight bat. Sometimes I'll keep it really simple, but then when you have the idea or the the tools in place, really go for it. Really go for goal, hundred and ten percent, back yourself in, because then your goal will have more impact than those because you've been sort of safe around mm. it. Choose your moments. It's really it's choosing your moments. So, but I wasn't very good at that in my first few months, and then I sort of started to, just by pure numbers. Like that's the thing that you know. Some when people do write something negative about me or criticise, are like, oh well, that was lame. That was shit. Um. okay yeah maybe it was but and I'd never write this back to them but we're doing seven of these a day I'm at some archery school out in Toowoomba like yeah. you come out here and do seven interesting crosses <laughs> exactly. do you know what I mean no offence to all the get, archery people in we could get Toowoomba. Charlie
1: on his hoverboard standing in front of a target <laughs> yeah, yeah. and yeah. you have to hit an apple off and you would
0: inevitably miss <laughs> and then you and just push would, him off anyway <laughs> okay. it's always the same outcome and so did you consciously become aware of this or did other people around you start going
1: uh, I
2: a little bit of both, but I, I like to think that I've got a pretty good sense. Like I know when it's been a great cross and it's gone really well and I know when it's been a bit lacklustre and I think you just have to kind of choose your moments and that's, that's one thing that I'm glad I've realised and you still get it wrong occasionally, but that's, you've got to take risks as well. You can't just be too safe, otherwise you're going to be beige and boring and no one's going to remember anything you do.
0: Mm. Have you connected with anyone cool? over the shows oh, we talk yeah. about this a lot like I think what what we're doing podcasting videos it's like you messaging me and then Just, you know you're you saying saying stalking you you're cool, you are you saying? <laughs> your cool it's that cool going it's we're cool. not cool it's cool your jacket's pretty cool he's got every, thank everyone,
1: you he's got a denim is it denim? Is i, it know, that's I like it yeah anyway, it's like a
2: stonewash sort of vibe yeah, it's, yeah. Really, it's,
1: it's pretty cool if someone if you were to cast a cool character okay. <laughs> cool. i'll rephrase it interesting <laughs> we're people cool. quirky no it qu- looks like something an ex stripper would wear <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely a, he's, he's wearing the part
2: it's <laughs> I've actually
0: got my g-string on <laughs> exactly, ready to go um,
2: uh yeah i have oh so many um I'm, you know, discussing, working on something with Chris Brown, TV's Bondi vet, not the rapper. Um, <laughs> yeah. Could have been <laughs> so, either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like Bob Saget, weirdly, like, how did that come about? Um, I interviewed him. I did an interview with Bob Saget and um, as part of us getting the interview, the PR people um, had a look at some of my previous interviews mm-hmm. and... I think I did a thing with Will Ferrell and Steve Carell and a few other guys where I literally was allocated five minutes with them.
1: And you did the whole time? Yeah, I think. so You're I right gave
2: right. them one minute each in the interview and it meant that like <laughs> Steve Carell's t- telling an anecdote about seeing the Opera House and he gets cut off mid-sentence. It's <laughs> a great status like a shift. Beep, beep. We had this little timer from, a, the, yeah, from the, the chef's awesome. room, um, otherwise known as a kitchen. <laughs> 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 but, but Bob Saget, so he watched a few of those videos. So then when I met him and did the interview beforehand, he came over to me and he's like, Love the interviews. I'm like, huh? He's like, oh, I've watched this, this, this. I think it's so really cool. great what you're doing. He goes, let's do something. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. He's like, let's do something different. So we we mucked around where I, I did the first interview with him as Bob Saget, but also as Danny Tanner. So he was both people and he had to like keep swapping chairs. So great. I'd go, now question for you, Danny, and he'd <laughs> quickly move over there. And then question for you, Bob, and it was so different, but I could tell that he enjoyed it. And that comes yeah. back to what we were saying before. Like if, if you're getting a buzz out of it and if, and if they're getting a buzz out of it, doesn't really matter if people hate it and more often than not they won't because there's an energy that comes with that. Mm. So yeah, and then he's kind of kept in contact with me like will write to me occasionally like how's it going? He's like, he used to be a weatherman. David Letterman Crazy. used to be a weatherman. Like, there's so a lot of people, cool. Brad Pitt is currently a weatherman on a comedy show but still. <laughs> um, you know, I, I actually embrace and enjoy the the absurdity of what this job is it's really funny like it actually taps in like there's so many days where I cannot believe that it's my job like I find it so amusing This the scenarios that I find myself this in just
1: regional so I think it's awesome But and Tommy and I always joke about this but There's a seriousness to it too, which is like, man, it would be great to do like just regional, multimedia, regional productions and just go Australia and just do all the And I get to do a bit of that. And and
2: Yeah. And that's one of the great things about it. Like, because I'm not really much of a travel person, but this job is, you know, I I am by default, but I'm having these amazing travel experiences and places I'd love to go back or meeting people that I never in a million years would have met. And um, actually, Husey made a really good point when we, we were talking about, like this role and, and how it's all going. He's always been really good and really great with his time. Husey has a great reputation, really supportive of other people in the biz. He um, kind of said to me, I have never really looked at it like this, but he said, the role that you have as the TV weatherman is a perfect vehicle because ultimately... You can just do a weather report. You can just be, hey, here's your weather update. But if you've got something, you mm. can do something really out there, really yeah. funny, and people are like, they're not expecting you every time because it's like when they throw to me, let's cross to Sam now for your weather. And yeah, the weather's going to be in there, but it's this amazing kind of under the radar thing. Whereas a stand-up comedian, or you know, if you're doing a comedy show, it's like be funny right it's now. Set up, yeah. Whereas a weatherman's like, hey, I'm just here to do the weather, but have a look yeah. at this, you know. So <laughs> yeah. it's a really nice kind of under the radar way to get in and, and do, do creative things. Yeah, o-
1: over deliver. Yeah. It's like in startup land, they talk about minimum viable product. <laughs> and in some regards that's like minimum viable product is about you know getting something quick to market but it's also like not getting in the way yeah and so that's like your minimum viable product is the weather. the weather yeah and then you can quick and that's your in and then yeah. you can push the kid what? off is the weather yeah <laughs> so push a kid
2: be in a strawberry suit wrapping with nicky webster bungee <laughs> jump like it could be anything um and the absurdity of it really amuses me and I do a thing every day. I send myself an email (laughs) to the aforementioned email address um, and it's, it's called humorous happenings. So I, I jot down a couple of things that have happened on air and a couple of things that have happened off air that eventually will become something. It'll probably be when I'm finishing the role in however many years, I don't know, but it's, it could be a stage live show. It could be a book. It could be a podcast could be, I don't know, but I'm making a point of doing that because there's so many funny things that happen with this job. It is a silly job. It really is a silly job, but I love it. It kind of suits my my um, attention span and my creative streak.
1: Mm. Is it lonely?
2: Not really. Like When we're
1: here. And- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: it's uh, not really. No, I've got a great producer who's also a friend of mine, Sean Flynn, a.k.a. the human emoji. He looks like an emoji. What uh, one? Um, the, the smiley shit? face <laughs> with the glasses. No, <laughs> and the bald head. Yeah, He can good be troll. that one good at troll. times. Good um, troll, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's very good, so um, that makes a difference. And generally we have good, because you're a little team. You know, you've got a cameraman, you've got a link operator, sometimes a sound guy, and they're often the same sorts of, you know, guys will do a couple of months on a couple of months off whereas sean and i are on all the time so you do have like a little you know sort of team there um plus the other great thing about it is we're in adelaide quite often that's where my family is or my mm-hmm. friends are i can catch up with them we're in melbourne quite often i've got a lot of good friends in, Adla- in melbourne um in most places when we go back to perth i lived in perth for a few years so i've got friends there so in a sense it's actually really good that you've always got the option to catch up with someone if you want but <laughs> due to the hours you're often like getting get your room service get to bed
0: mm. what's at this point of your career the kind of process you go through when you find out that there's an opportunity you know for me when I was going to Shepparton it's like oh I've got no girlfriend uh, I want to get into this industry I'll move wherever and so for this it's like you're 130 flights a year do you ever a missus?
2: Uh, no, no, I don't, and it would be. I think that would put a bit of extra pressure on it. Uh, it does make it hard in terms of like the dating life and things like that, because often I won't know when I'll have a free night in Sydney, and generally during the week I don't do much because you're up at four a.m. So you're not going to meet for dinner at seven thirty, eight o'clock, and get home at ten p.m. You'll be too exhausted. I mean, you can do that occasionally, but very rarely. So yeah, I think it affects that side of of your personal life, but. You know, there's also the fun side to that, which is you can kind of do whatever you want. You know, there's there's no rules and you, you're sort of running your own race.
0: What's your shelf life in a job like this, do you think? what's What was Grant Denyer's, and then what was Edwina's?
1: Oh, well, Grant Denyer Fifi Denier, Box did it did too, she, yeah. Yeah, Fifi,
2: I think Fifi only did a year. Hmm. Um, Grant Denyer did two stints. I think he did four years and then a couple of years doing other things and then went back for another couple of years. So I think he did seven all up over the course of maybe 10 years, so a long time. Uh, Edwina did three, uh, and then she... I went to her wedding recently, actually. She was, you know, I guess the distancing was becoming a bit of an Mm. issue there. Not an issue, but, you know, they obviously... She did her time, and she wanted to do other things within the show. So, uh, I signed on originally for two years. I've just signed on again for three. So, if I finish that stint, it'll be five years, which so would be grant.
1: coming for you. Yeah, yeah. So, so 2020, you'll still be doing it.
2: Yeah, I haven't thought of it like that. That's but great yeah. because I, I'm
1: just thinking I've I did a Instagram story the other day. I wanted to go to the oh. World Expo 2020 in Dubai. Oh wow! So I don't know if you're planning on being there. We but did we, Dubai. But we're asking if you um, want to la- come last year. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we did Dubai actually. So it's not out of the realms of possibility. Yeah. If great. I'm, yeah.
1: Well, we'll we'll be doing episode. I can't remember. It was like 900 or something. Yeah. Uh, from I mean, Dubai. I haven't even booked what
2: I'm having for dinner tonight. But <laughs> <laughs> for 2020, sure.
1: Talk show type stuff the mm-hmm. the single bed type of thing it all has this for me an opportunity like there's this sort of clear direction that you could go in are you looking at those th- those directions much
2: yeah I'm aware of them but you you can't Completely control them. Like I could start doing my own thing on the side, but I, it, it's difficult at the moment with the time and the energy levels with this job, which mm-hmm. is quite an, an all-consuming job. But I'm definitely looking at other opportunities. And yeah. Seven have been pretty good. They've they're sort of talking about possible bits and pieces, but it's you know what it's like yeah. shows getting up and things like mm-hmm. that. It's it's really hard to predict. Yeah. Um, I think you've just got to be open to it. And and the good thing about this role is I can kind of do little versions of things that I would do if I had my own Tonight Show, for example, like I get to do little sketches or I can literally see something online and go, all right, I want to interview that person or I want to try this stunt or, you know, like I've got, I've sent through pages of ideas to my producer for things that we want to do this year and some of them we've already done, others are still on the list. So... I think as long as I'm creatively satisfied and and that means that, you know, in an average week I might do two or three things that I really want to do and then five or six things that, you know, the network want me to do and that's a fair compromise. I I think that's totally fair. Like not many people in this day and age in media get to go, oh, I have this idea, now I have the resources and the platform to put it to hundreds of thousands of people. Like you've got to be thankful for that.
0: And sometimes satisfaction doesn't come in the way that you think – Mm. It will. Sometimes it's you know, like you're talking about the creative elements. It's like if they're all being fueled, like you're doing the dream be- now. Like, yeah, and that's yeah. a,
1: that's the weirdness. And that's probably where Tommy and I have a way to develop is the uh the thing that like it's it is that next thing. It's the looking forward. It's the, even when we talk about the daily talk show. It's like, man, imagine what this is going to be like. You know, we try and. You know, because you hear the stories where people say, man, we don't you don't expect it. You do, you know, we, we never expected it. Yeah. So there's, you know, this narrative which we've got to say, which is like, man, we're not expecting anything. <laughs> we are not expecting anything. Yeah, but yeah, fuck, yeah, if yeah, we yeah, get it. Yeah. It's the tagline of our show, yeah. the Daily yeah. Talk show, not yeah, expecting that's anything. Not it's true. It's, anything. true. But like, it's this weird fucking narrative where, and because, you know, and it's easy to say, which is like, yeah, man, we just did it for fucking shits and giggles. Like, we weren't expecting, like, you know, just having a, having a laugh, having yeah. fun every day. But there is that deep. Do you have that deep down bit? Yeah, you
2: always want it, but you never expect it. I think it's a good way to look at it. So
1: so fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> it is. I mean, I think that it's it's hard when when you know, like, I guess I have like a a, a base sort of like I've got a great job. I'm on mm-hmm. get to do TV every day. I get to do creative things. So it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, like don't worry, it, it it works out. I don't know that, like, but I wouldn't have known that I would be a weatherman three months before I became a weatherman, it had never mm. occurred to me. Yeah. And I never would have thought that being a weatherman would be as much fun as it can be, if yeah. that makes sense. Like I get, yeah, I, and I hate to sound like i have just come coming here to brag about, I've got the best job in the world. No, this it's is not yeah. that. But I like the variety of the job. So I like that, you know, on an average week with my producer, Sean and I, we kind of look at, all right, we want to do some something fun, something funny and something with heart. So that might be a charity one day and then it could be a silly morning with you know the girl guides which we did the other day so that's roughly how we look at it but i love that platform and i love that you know i get to tick a lot of a lot of those creative boxes but Mm. we were talking about at the start of the podcast you can kind of do do a lot of it yourself so you know if there's something you really really want to do you can start doing maybe not Mm. the big end product but a small version of.
1: People could do a segment every single day if they wanted to on Instagram being their own weather guy for their Instagram.
0: Absolutely. You know, the thought around if, you know, you create your own reality, right? And so, if over the years Sam Mack has done all these little things which is essentially leading to you being exactly where you are, right? And so, if you were choosing to chip away and do the things that you like and then you land this role, you could say it's luck about, oh, I get to have the best job in the world and I get to do everything I like, all the elements. It's like, yeah, but there's also been this journey yeah. Yeah. of you doing everything you wanted to do and making it happen. Then
2: Absolutely, it, yes. And and a big part of that is trying to make sure that you're having satisfaction and getting enjoyment along the way because let's say it doesn't happen and, and that that big role or that final thing doesn't happen for everyone, but... If it doesn't happen, then you at least want to go, well, I don't regret all of those years or that time that I spent because look at this great stuff I've got to show for it. This is an amazing thing. I made this friend. So there's there's other flow-ons to it, I think.
1: Mm. What are you going to do with your points, your freaking fly points? What do you actually do with them? Um, and can we make I, Josh a family member to get some? Yeah, exactly.
2: I haven't thought about it and I actually haven't even checked how many are there, but I know there's a lot. Um you know, maybe There's something
1: you- really upsetting about it. <laughs> like <laughs> that, they're going to waste. No, yeah. that you just like you're so blasé about because, it it, like, I I have obsessed over the years. Well, Josh on, has on
0: manipulated his point system to be able to fly first class in a cabin like a bed.
1: Really? Yeah, first the, class next to, week to London. Is that yeah, right? So, like with Singapore on their A380, oh, wow. you know, it cost me six hundred bucks in points Brie and points so for Bree and I. So good. So it's amazing. But the thing, but That's there great. is something in the in that game that the points. Type of game. Yeah,
2: this is- might surprise you, but I'm not in it for the points. For the fl- <laughs> freaking <fly laughs> points it's not why I go into them, but it is great to have them. And when I do eventually decide that I'm going to take a big holiday, yeah, I will 100% be doing it like business. I i got to do something really cool uh, last year, which was my parents are Irish and I got to um, take them back to Ireland for the first time since they basically left there when they were in their 20s and they met in Australia. And um, I may have used points for, for a lot of awesome. that. So that was where a lot of lot of the points that I was kind of a- accumulating went. Um, but that was incredible. That was Someone recently asked me, what's the best thing you've ever done? That was it. Yeah. Surprising. So I surprised my parents on Christmas Day 2016. I gave them an Andre Ryu DVD just to see if they'd still be happy to receive an Andre Ryu DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my dad's and like, oh, you're not would- that idiot. <laughs> and my mum's like, oh, great. Still trying to be polite. And I said, i oh, open just to check the DVD's still in there. And they open it up and it says, mum, dad, you're going to Ireland in 2017. And they just could not believe it. And then the other part of the surprise was I sort of helped them organise it, organise the flights and accommodation, everything. And the other part of the surprise was that I took my sister who'd never been overseas, didn't tell mum and dad. We surprised them in London at a hotel. Oh, awesome. I came down, pretended to be concierge and said, may I take your bag, sir, please? <laughs> Bad Irish accent. They turn around, it's me and mum's like, what are you doing in London? And then I've already organised my sister upstairs to pretend to be a waitress. So we sit they them all, all down. You had roles, you really Yeah, yeah everything <laughs> is a production, the so McMillan household. We sit them down, we order the drinks and then I come back and sit down and my sister knows to go and grab the tray because I've organised it with the staff there she comes over with the drinks and like holds them and my mum like she just could Lost not it. believe it she just absolutely couldn't believe it and then we got to go and spend a few days with them in Ireland so and that's that, where it went
1: pear-shaped <laughs> <Yeah. Exactly. laughs> yeah. family fights but
2: that that was yeah that was one that's of the so coolest good, things I've done and um, points were a factor in yeah. that well
1: Hamish Blake talks about uh, creating experiences yes. is, is that something that's yeah. important to you
2: yeah absolutely I think I, the more the years go the more you realize that because you know when you sit around with your mates and you haven't caught up for a few years you talk about those crazy things that happen or those things you did or you surprise someone like that that's what it's about like not being beige and not being boring like doing something silly you know i'm lucky with with work that we get to do you know we have the resource to do crazy things and i've done a lot of great things with my friends on the show Mm. and it's really cool so yeah i agree experiences
0: And um, did you capture any of that stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just little videos for Instagram, just like short little snippet type stuff, um, which I'm glad glad I did because Instagram I kind of see as part, you know, part of the job as in like, you know, keeping yourself out there, showing people what you're doing, but also a great record of what you've done or, you know, when say we're sitting around at a pub telling this story, I'd bring out the phone and show you guys, oh, look at this this is my mum's reaction when this happened. You know what I mean? And it just takes that other level. Um, That's what I love about social media as well. And social media I love because people can kind of, like a lot of the days that we do with work, people have written direct to me and said, hey, we've got this event coming up or hey, you should go and meet this person who lives in Blah because they've got this amazing thing going on. And I'm so open to that, and I mention it on the show all the time. I'm like, write direct to us, write to us. You get a lot of freaks writing to you as well, but that's part of the fun. Josh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah I had this one uh, guy who yeah. read out an actual transcript something from 13 years ago.
1: No, well, I'm going. I think I'll email you when it's closer to World Expo 2020 because <laughs> yeah. I think we should we should do that from Dubai. Yeah, oh, let's um, go global, man. Yeah, thanks. Sam Mack, thanks so much for allowing us into your uh, into your hotel room been a lot of fun it's the daily talk show everyone you can send us emails hi at com too uh, and i'll keep them forever as well <laughs> thank you so, guys it's thanks, been a pleasure sam.
2: keep up the good work um, cool. enjoying the work that both you guys are doing so really a pleasure to be on today and um a big thank you to big media corporation for having <laughs> <Yeah>. me yes
1: <laughs> big media company thank you sam Oops, Catch damn up. It. you fucked it you <laughs> fucked the, the read. one id <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs>